welcome to another episode of the Baycare Clinic Podcast. My name is Alicia Schertz. I will be your host for this episode. Joining me today is Dr. Carl DiRomando, orthopedic surgeon at Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Baycare Clinic in Manitowoc. We're here today to discuss overuse injuries in athletes, common causes, diagnoses, and steps to take in order to avoid missing out on valuable playing time. Dr. DiRomando, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Let's start briefly by talking a little bit about you and your experience. Can you tell everyone a little bit about your background and why you're sort of qualified to have this conversation today? Well, I've been in practice for 20 years as a board-certified orthopedic surgeon. I have a specialty training in sports medicine, so that means uh, you know treating a lot of the things we're going to be discussing in the next uh, several minutes. You know, these are all common things, whether it's young, middle-aged, or old, where it comes to those of us that are athletes, whether we're talking about competitive in high school or college, or those of us who are a little older, that the aging athlete, where we're all susceptible. So these things are seen commonly by myself and my partners in our practice. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about the patients that you see. Who are you seeing on a daily basis? Well, as I said, we have a wide range. I mean, we take care of uh, children, teenagers, you know, all the way up to our elderly population. So we get to see the gamut with regards to patient scope, genders, and otherwise. So it really exposes us to a lot of the different, you know, uh, uh, types of athletes, as I said, whether they're young, competing at a, at a high level in, in multiple sports at one time, or some of us, once again, who are older, who are trying to get more active, who haven't been active. So we could, once again, we get to see the spectrum of those that are susceptible to these overuse type conditions. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk specifically about overuse injuries today, but let's talk about the types of injuries that you see just in general, especially in the athletes you treat. Can you talk about that? Well, I think it all depends on the sport or the activity. You can start from the shoulder and work your way all the way down to the toes. So, you know, obviously we have our overhead throwers or overhead athletes, baseball, softball, volleyball swimmers, a lot of those type of conditions then focus in and around the shoulder when it comes to inflammation, you know, the itises, whether it's inflammation of tendon, tendonitis. There's a fluid space in the shoulder called the bursa bursitis. You know, our throwers, we also see things in the elbow, you know, and that's certainly in those that are playing a high volume of baseball and our, our pitchers, for example, we'll see you know, injuries around the elbow, whether it's, once again, sprains, strains, or maybe even tears of ligaments. As you kind of travel down, now you're getting into the hip and the lower body. Obviously, that that's any athlete, but certainly in our runners, our jumping athletes, you know, as it uh, relates to the hip, we'll see a lot of that in, in our runners where there's going to be pain around the hip related to subtle muscle mismatch or tilt of the pelvis where they develop some sort of overuse inflammation. You know, the big thing in our jumping athletes is pain around around the knee, particularly in the front of the knee, we call jumper's knee because of just the repetitive stress. But as you travel down the limb even further, you're talking about the ankle and the heel. And on the big areas that we'll see a lot of stress type uh, injuries are going to be the Achilles and tendonitis and inflammation. And that tends to be not, you know, in our more, in our older, mid-age, older patients, but it can still happen in our younger patients. And then the big thing in our young kids, you know, as they're growing and their bodies are developing, their bones are growing. And those ends of those bones have their areas called growth plates. And many of these stress injuries might be injuries or, or inflammation along the growth plate itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to talk specifically, because we're using the term overuse injuries, can you explain to everyone sort of what that means and, and how those injuries typically occur? 
Well, I mean, overuse injury almost is kind of a negative connotation. And I, 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 I explain it to my patients that this is a repetitive stress. You're doing something highly repetitive, whether, you know, sport, work, whatever it may be. And the human body is just is a balance. It's a balance between tissue breakdown and tissue healing. And if we're pushing ourselves or pushing a portion of our body past that limit where it can overcome and recover, that's where we start to get tissue breakdown. And this repetitive stress builds up and subsequently pain and effects function. So certainly it's an overuse, but I don't want someone to feel negative in what they're doing. I just say it's repetitive stress. And we have to look at those factors that led to it and how can we alter those factors to resolve it. Yeah, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit too in that anybody can sort of suffer from these types of repetitive activity injuries and those kinds of things. But are you seeing it in one population over another specifically in your practice? Well, uh, certainly we see it across the spectrum, but I think the, the biggest thing in the last decade, and this has been something pushed very hard by our, the American Orthopedic uh, Sports Medicine Society, is, you know, these overuse conditions or repetitive stress issues we're seeing in our, you know, single digit and teenagers as they're, as they're growing. And a lot of that's related to um, multiple sports played in during the same season. Hey, they might be on a basketball team, but they're playing a club sport. Um, you know, they go from one sport to the next sport to the next sport, and there's never any time necessarily for recovery from that stress, you know, depending on the school system and the resources around them, you know, from the training standpoint, you know, as their bodies are changing, are, are ample things being done for them in a training aspect to accommodate those changes so their bodies can recover, you know, so that's one big population. The other big population will see a lot of this repetitive stress or overuse condition. It's not so much our athletes, it's often our, our working, you know, folks, when people are out there doing, you know, repetitive manual labor jobs, yeah, I always joke they're, they're professional athletes, meaning they're getting paid to do a, a manual job. They all look at me when they know they're not getting paid millions. But that's the other subset where we'll see a lot of that, where they're in a job that requires a lot of repetitive physical exertion, and that can build up and cause stress over time to a joint or an area of their body. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about that too, because you had talked about it briefly just then, um, sort of what's driving those overuse injuries in that in those areas. And, and what are some of the steps that we can take to, to, to prevent that? Well, I think some of it's education, you know, and obviously it, things are a lot better now than say five to seven years ago when this was really being talked about initially. And, you know, and I mean, specifically when it comes to our youth, it doesn't mean kids and, and teenagers aren't being involved in multiple sports, but I can certainly speak for our area. And I think this is in many areas where there's training staff at the, at the high schools or that, that also can provide services farther down. There's strength and conditioning. There's programs that are available where you can have your child enrolled, where they're doing some specific type of exercises to try to help improve flexibility, help improve strength and the balance of the muscles around a joint, for example. Certainly as it relates to throwing, there's been, you know, USA Baseball and some of the other organizations that govern, you know, uh, uh, young kids playing baseball have done a lot of work trying to monitor pitch counts and pitch types for certain ages. And, I, and I've really seen that become instilled through the levels, whether it's the, you know, Legion ball or some of the rec ball, but all the way up through our high school. So I think that's gone a long way in some areas to help help reduce the risk for some of these conditions. Mm -hmm. You had talked about it briefly too, just the um, overuse in, in the varying activities and those kinds of things. Are there specific um, increases that you've seen maybe in the last year just based on the conditions that have been present due to the pandemic or anything like that? Have things worsened or, or gotten better in that regard? 
Well, I mean, you would think so with everyone being off and the way they've condensed some of these seasons. But I think, you know, some of it is for many of these individuals, whether we're talking all the way up into adulthood or or some of our younger athletes. I mean, many of them, I think, when they had the time on their hands, must have been doing something to stay in in relatively good shape. Because I had my concerns once we reinstituted sports and they were kind of squeezing these seasons into short periods of time. And certainly we did see a bump like we would normally see, but I don't think it was worse than what we've seen in the past. And we had a discussion with our training staff at the individual high schools and such to say, hey, anything we can be doing, anything we can be educating. I know a lot of it was all, you know, based on Zoom meetings and the like, but at least having these kids doing something prior to starting with their first practice, I think some of that message really got through because we didn't see a worse year, shall we say, for overuse injuries, despite having a lot of the season stacked one upon another just to fit them into the COVID. Yeah, excellent. Um, let's get into a little bit about some of those treatment options and, and things that you guys can provide. Inevitably, injuries do still occur, and, and you've seen that in your patient population as well. How mm-hmm. um, do you and your staff go about diagnosing these types of, of injuries in patients? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is just taking a good history from the individual. You know, you know, how did their symptoms come on? I mean, these don't come on immediately. It's not the slip and fell. It's not I felt a pop. It's, you know, they've been feeling something coming for a while. The reason they're really coming in, and we're talking specific for anyone in an athletic endeavor, whether it's a high school sport or just someone training for a marathon, they're coming in because their symptoms are affecting their ability to perform. You know, it's affecting their ability to throw a baseball. It's affecting their ability to run. So you, you got to take the history and find out over what period of time. Certainly that's a starting point. And a lot of times you you you'll know already, hey, this sounds like a condition that's not a major trauma. It's something more microscopic or minor. It comes on gradually, but they're here now because, as I mentioned, they they are having effects on their ability to do the thing they want to do. You know, a good exam can also help us out when it comes to many of these things. We're talking about shoulder. When when we talk about inflammation conditions, we can localize that pretty well. You know, throwers that are having elbow pain, differentiating a tendonitis from something more serious. Once again, there's many exam maneuvers that are very helpful. You know, and that that carries all the way down to the foot and ankle. There are diagnostic tests that we will get, you know, oftentimes x-rays, particularly if we're talking our younger individuals where we're looking for possible effects on growth plate or our older athletes that are we looking for evidence of some degeneration that might be there already that may have contributed to why they've had this, you know, these episodes. Higher imaging, you know, such as MRI, ultrasound, some of those other things, those are less likely when we're talking about an initial evaluation for someone with an overuse condition than someone who says slipped and fell and they, we feel they've torn something or broken something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do these injuries typically present themselves in the patients that you're seeing? How does a patient right. differentiate that from soreness or, or something yeah. maybe they went overworked or something like that? Well, I mean, you know, most times if you, you know, if they take their day off or they back off a bit on their practice, you know, or they, they ice, you know, these are the kind of things that, it, you know, soreness, you know, you can relate it directly to a workout. You know, it's one of these things that will get better and get less as you kind of building up through a workout. You know, a repetitive use injury, that doesn't go away. You know, and they're, you know, and a lot of the, you know, very competitive, whether you're once again, endurance type sports and otherwise, you know, they're trying to push through, they're trying, they have a goal in mind. You know, it's when that pain isn't getting better. It's when it's affecting their ability, their, their times are reduced, their mileage is reduced, for example, you know, thrower, the, the number of pitches or the velocity, if they're actually measuring velocity will diminish. So, you know, there's something tangible that's affecting performance and that's what brings them in. And that's what, you know, in their mind, wait a minute, this isn't my normal workout soreness. Mm-hmm. 
Let's get into a little bit of the treatment options. What options are available for patients? And obviously this is going to differ on a case-by-case basis, but what can you guys do? Um, well, I mean, I think that, you know, even before you get into treatment, the, the old saying, an ounce, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. So I think the, the way to full, you know, the way to really reduce these is to make sure whatever the entry point is for the athlete, if they're once again, a high school or younger, or, you know, those of us in, you know, who are trying to get active and get you know involved or getting involved in the training program, if you have some guidance, and you have someone who can help so that as you enter that training phase, there's a step fashion, there's exercises, there's things that might prepare you, you know, and so that I think people can avoid them in the first place. Now, clearly, it doesn't mean that's 100%. And so now they present, well, you know, we have, they have a sore heel. We're worried they have a plantar fasciitis. They were training for a marathon. You know, a lot of it's going to be trying to modify activities. And I'll go back to that balance, that balance between tissue breakdown and tissue healing. How can we shift? scale such that we're able to get the body to heal. It doesn't always mean we absolutely have to stop. And I always have this discussion with, you know, athletes or their parents and say, you know, the in-season versus off-season time and trying to identify something that, well, can you play through it potentially depending on the the significance of that season or should you stop? I mean, a lot of times we'll try initially to play through it, you know, and, and, and incorporate some modifications to their training routine, you know, first aid, heat, ice, medications potentially to control inflammation. If they have the ability to work with a trainer or a therapist, incorporate exercise modalities that might help to alleviate stress on the inflamed area. And but ensuring that we're starting to see some improvement. You know, if pain persists, at some point we have to shut them down. You know, particularly if it's a more serious, you know, I I mentioned stress injuries of bone and we'll get a cross country runner every fall that comes in with a stress fracture. And you know the differential is is that a bone injury, is it more soft tissue, the term shin splints for the muscles where they attach to bone or symptomatic you know shin splints one can try to work through but if it's a stress fracture we have to shut them down and let that heal mm-hmm. yeah and i want to talk about that too because if they do not come in and seek treatment and they try to fight through that pain are there conditions that could worsen into something more serious well and i i use the, i always tell my patients there's a spectrum on one end of the spectrum there's normal tissue and on the far end of the spectrum there's something that fails whether that's a torn tendon or a broken bone now in between there's inflammation the itises there's some subtle changes that can occur if there's repetitive inflammation. So the quality of the tissue changes, you know, eventually that will progress. So you want to, you know, it depends on where we catch them in that spectrum. Obviously, we want to catch them before tissue failure. But you're right, the longer they, you know, that repetitive stress causes injury, the longer we go without allowing it to heal or recover, one, it becomes a more significant injury to the tissue. And two, it may take longer or lead to a worse, you know, injury or worse outcome. So these types of injuries, can they sideline an athlete in some cases? And, and what does well, recovery look like? I think so. I mean, I think it depends on the severity when they present. Um, most times if caught early, most times if they are involved in some sort of an organization, whether that's they're on a school sport and they have trainers or they're in a running club and they have others around or things like that, where it's identified and they start, you know, getting on it early, it may not force them to shut down. But as I mentioned, you know, depending on how, where the injury is or what the injury is, there are times we have to say, let's shut it down, let's let it heal so that you come back again and you can perform without worrying about permanent damage. And, you know, that's a big discussion you have to have when you have the 13-year-old baseball pitcher who, you know, in his mind or in the parent's mind is going to be pitching in the major leagues and you're telling him, you know, if you keep this up, you're going to tear ligaments in your elbow or have permanent damage to your growth plate. So that's a, a tough conversation, but a real one that we have to prevent, you know, permanent injury. 
Yeah, in some some instances too, I, I think people hear the term overuse or 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 that, and they think that this is something that they're going to be plagued with long term. In some instances, is it mechanics that's that's forcing this repetitive action, or is it simply? Uh, I mean, how do you talk through patients with that? If it's well, it's it's multifactorial. You know, obviously everyone's made differently, so everyone's an apple and an orange. So everyone's tissue strength is is variable. So that's one element certainly. But a lot of it is it's it's the it's the training program. Did they hit it too hard? Is it more than their body was ready for? Certainly, body mechanics, throwing mechanics, you know, core strength. You know, that balance around that has a bearing. You know, those are modifiable risk factors. We can adjust a training program. We can work to improve body mechanics, um, you know, we can do a lot of these things. And that's usually what will help an athlete overcome, you know, allows it to heal, but then overcomes it so they can continue to perform and not worry about it coming back necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you had mentioned before, having somebody there who can help you with those types of things is probably important in some instances. It definitely is. I mean, this is the role where our physical therapists or athletic trainers or just trainers in general that are, are, are helping someone in that particular sport discipline, you know, achieve and, and, and advance in their performance, but understands the nuances to that. That's critical to help one prevent, but two treat when it does occur. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for, for athletes, specifically younger athletes, maybe as they're training, um, in regards to some of these over repetitive injuries, if they are feeling pain, what do you what do you recommend? Well, pain isn't normal. That's first and foremost. Um, so if they're starting to have discomfort or pain, they need to bring it to the attention of their parents or bring it to the attention of their coaches. And I think nowadays, you know, certainly in the coaching world, using baseball as an example, but across other sports, people are listening. You know, from there, if there's some things that can be done at the grassroots or, or uh, high school level or training level, I think that's important because there's probably a lot of this that's managed that doesn't flow all the way up to us in an orthopedic clinic as of yet. But clearly, if things aren't getting better, it's time to get in and get an assessment, get it done early. It doesn't mean you're going to necessarily not play. It just means you may have to modify things, may to get you on the right program. Because once again, if we can catch it early, downtime is limited. You know, injuries are limited. You know, some sort of permanent loss of function is limited. When caught late, that becomes a much more complex problem or a longer downtime where there may be a missed season in there, which nobody necessarily wants, but it may be the only way to get this better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this question always comes up, so I do want to cover it. If I am someone listening who is maybe experiencing this kind of pain or suspects that I myself or my child might be suffering from this type of injury, what's my best course of action? Do we need a referral to come and see you and your team, or what? how does that work for the most part? Well, typically what I would tell them if they're interested in being seen by one of us in this clinic at Orthopedic Sports Medicine Baycare Clinic of Manitowoc, just call the office. Most do not need a referral, and if they do, then we can work with that their individual um, primary care provider to obtain one. Um, alternatively, as I said, you know many have the resources afforded to them at a high school. Always, it's always good to go in and talk to the trainer and make sure they're aware of things. That's a conduit where I'll get calls on a weekly basis from the trainer. You know where they'll update me on someone they've been working with. They'll call me in to take a look. And sometimes, you know, for high school kids, we'll just go in and do a, a free assessment just to see where they're at. And a lot of times, just reaffirming that the trainers are doing the right thing. If they really need to come in, then we'll, con- you know, confer with parents to do so. Whether it's the, you know, a place where they exercise, the YMCA, Wellness Center, otherwise, you know, go to those people that are there that are helping to teach people how to exercise correctly. Utilize the resources. I think if nothing else, reaching out to someone is the way to go. Certainly, if they wanted a, a thorough assessment in CS, just give us a call. Absolutely. 
Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us today, Dr. DiRomondo. Is there anything else that you want to add for those listening? Well, as I said, I think uh, it's important because the vast majority of us want to be active in various levels of athletics, work or otherwise. You know, there's things that can be done to treat, but also to prevent injuries in the first place. Take advantage of it if you have that at the school, your employer or otherwise. And once again, if you're doing something and you're hurting and it's affecting your ability to do it, once again, recreational work, don't live with it. Reach out to someone or us and, and have someone help you out to hopefully prevent the injury from becoming more long-term or permanent. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We appreciate you taking the time with us today. Uh, My th- pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, Dr. DiRomondo is an orthopedic surgeon at Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Bay Care Clinic in Manitowoc. Uh, Again, never miss an episode of the Bay Care Clinic podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to learn more about Bay Care Clinic or to request an appointment, visit baycare.net.